Well, looking back over the last year, it's remarkable that a lot of us are still standing. But one of the things that is remarkable to me is the airline industry. I mean, it's not in good shape, and they're still hemorrhaging money. But while we've lost a few air carriers, South African and German Wings and LATM, LATAM, and ExpressJet here in the U.S., none of the majors have gone by the wayside. Bob Crandall has been watching and running airlines forever, former chairman and president and CEO of American Airlines is Robert Crandall. He joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hi, David. How are you? I'm well. I'm, I'm like I say, it's a year and, and we're still standing. We're still here and talking, which is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, it's I, I guess I guess those of us, all of us who are still here can be thankful for that. Exactly. And, and tell me about the industry. I really I just didn't think I mean, with with no traffic at all, I really thought we'd lose a major along the way. Well, you got to keep in mind, David, there's been enormous support for the industry from government. So absent that support, both the grants and the loans, the industry clearly would have had some failures. But I, I think there is a recognition on the part of the government that the airline industry really is an essential component of the U.S. economy. It is. It's the only long-distance transportation system we have other than our roads. And uh, and so the government, I think, has stepped up to the realization that it's always going to be the lender of last resort to keep the industry going, <clears throat> which, I, which is true. I think the industry itself is going to have to recognize that it is uniquely susceptible to these kinds of events because of the enormous concentration of fixed costs and, and the fact that that uh, you know, there isn't any any humane, decent, sensible way to get rid of a large piece of total cost. Uh, it's going to have to it's going to have to govern itself, I think, in some different ways in the future, to recognize that it really depends on the government to be the 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 uh, investor of last resort. You know, I, I haven't heard anybody talking about re-regulation, but this is about the time that usually they bring it up. Well, I don't, I don't know that you want to talk about so much about re-regulation, David, but I do think the, the industry is going to have to recognize that, that because it depends on the public to support it in these times of crisis, that it's, it's going to have to be at least uh, somewhat responsive to the need to be a little more careful with its own assets. I mean, just to give you one example, and this is not by any means the only thing, but the airline industry should never be buying back stock. And the airline industry should always be carrying large, very large reserves of cash or, or cash equivalents so that it can build a better protect, a protective barrier for itself against the next crisis. I mean, we can't, you know, 911 was a crisis. This is a crisis. There'll be another one. And the consequences, I think the industry needs to, is going to have to recognize that it, it needs to, to uh, in, in effect, put aside a, a bigger pile of reserves than has been true in the past. You know, I, I guess it would be naive to think there wouldn't be some changes, you know, out of, the, out of the pandemic. But there seems to be a greater recognition that the business traveler is not coming back right away. Some suggest it may be five, maybe some say even 10 years before that goes back. And so a lot of the airlines are, are pivoting back toward leisure travel and, and working that crowd, going to beaches, going to mountains, uh, Mexico, Hawaii, that sort of thing. 
Is it is this long lasting or is it survival? I think that's going. I think that's going to be long lasting, David. I don't know. You know, anybody who says they know what percentage of business travel isn't going to come back is you know smoking something stronger than I can enjoy. But the reality is, some portion of business travel was always pointless, and uh, uh, some and that pointless part isn't going to come back. So there's a great deal of what used to be accomplished with business travel and nominally accomplished with business travel that can be very handily done uh, by Zoom and, and other kind of electronic interactions. And the consequence of that is some percentage of business travel just isn't going to come back. Some will, because you do need the, the personal interfaces that, that, that the business travel makes possible. But I, my own guess is somewhere between 25% and 50% of business travel is never coming back. But, but the argument was always made that they needed that, that high-dollar ticket, the, the last-minute traveler who would pay full fare. No, no, no. Look, the argument wasn't that they needed it. The argument was they wanted it, of course. <laughs> I mean, come on. The answer, the answer is, David, look – Business, business of every kind is endlessly adaptable. Uh, you know that the the industry will do what it needs to do. It is it, 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 some some parts of business of, of leisure travel will doubtless be more expensive because you don't you don't have the sort of the built-in subsidy of business travel. But by the same token, uh, I, I I think what you will find four or five years down the road is a is a healthy and dynamic airline industry. It may still be, be paying off some of the the debt uh, that was accumulated during this period of time, but it'll be fine. You know, and it will adapt its fare structure and its service structure uh, to the community that then exists. I know they they, they got to make money, find some way to make money. You know, for example, taking olives out of... Uh, martinis to save money yeah yeah right on yeah, you know, i know listen i'm a big guy i'm a big expert on olive removal as you know <laughs> so so the uh the equipment and and the nature of the beast seems to be changing too you ran a classic hub and spoke out of dallas Flights coming in, people moving around, getting on other flights, going someplace else. The industry got away from it. Now it seems like it's going back to it. Sean Donahue from DFW Airport told us he's the he's the second busiest airport right now, you know, leapfrogging Chicago and everything else because of that. And Scott Kirby, who's the CEO of, of United, said he's talking about putting in what he calls a mid-continent hub in Denver to do more hubbing and spoking. Well, a, a mid-continent hub in Denver is hardly new, David. I think they did that 25 years ago <laughs> when they built the new airport out there. Well, he's a new CEO, so it's new oh, to I him. Know. <laughs> I know Kirby came from America, and now he's and they tell me he's a good guy, but that's that's neither here nor there. The reality is, look, the the hub and spoke system was always very efficient, and it, it was an efficient way to carry traffic, and it's an efficient way to carry traffic now, and. Some of it dropped away for a variety of reasons. Part of it was the density of traffic that was available. Part of it was, was the unwillingness of people to associate with other people at the hub, not only on the airplane, but at the hub. So, again, I think what you're going to see is the, the industry will adapt its requirements or its, its services 
to what's available, but it's always going to move towards uh, the most efficient way to move X people from right. A to B. And I suspect that the hub will continue to be that most efficient way when there is sufficient density. Looks like te- technology may be helping out, too. There's a fresh round of fuel-efficient airplanes. We know about the 737 MAX problems, but the fact is it's back flying, and it's, what, 15 or 20 percent more fuel-efficient than the planes it's replacing. And Airbus has these 220s that, that seem to be saving the airline's money. That, that helps, doesn't it? Well, of course, every, every more efficient kind of airplane helps. On the other hand, the industry is going to be under a lot of pressure, David, and this will probably add some cost uh, to moderate its carbon footprint. I mean, the industry is going to have to experiment with fuels. Uh, you know, you, you can burn, I, I am told, you, I know you can burn vegetable oils, right? Uh, I'm told you can burn green ammonia, and green ammonia can be produced, right, from wind and solar power and salt water. Right? And the consequence is I, I'm not, I'm not of a, enough of a technician uh, to know how soon that's going to come to pass, but the industry is going to have to step up to the reality that we, we need to control climate change, and the industry is going to have to do its part. You know, uh, ammonia and, and, and cooking oil, I, you'll be able to smell the flight probably before <laughs> before That's it ar- arrives, I would think. You know, and one other, the other thing that we're, we're hearing more and more about is, are these air taxi services or computer, uh, commuters. Uh, they're talking about electric, vertical takeoff and landing airplanes. And we've seen, oh, JSX is a little carrier that's kind of a fill-in. And you, I remember you were an investor in, in a carrier that was going to use you know, some fixed-wing aircraft. Well, we were going to we were going to use fixed-wing airplanes, David, because we thought at the time, and I think I think what we thought was correct, but we would never get it done. We thought there would be a big appetite for short-haul uh, charter services, and but we were counting on an airplane. There was a guy around at the time who said he could build a fixed-wing airplane for a million and a half dollars. Turns out he couldn't get that done. And therefore, we could never get the operating costs low enough, and therefore, that never happened. That doesn't mean it's never going to happen, but I suspect we're quite some distance, quite some time away as yet uh, from meaningful amounts of electric airplanes. You know, we, we, we started off talking about the fact that there, there haven't been major bankruptcies, what I would call major bankruptcies. And the fact is, the guy's even got to start up a new carrier. David Dealman has this, this carrier that he's, that he's evidently got to start up that's going to serve what he calls underserved cities in, in, uh, in, in just city pairs. I guess it's point-to-point service. Is that going to be successful, do you think? Well, I don't know. David's done it. For, uh, this will be his fourth air, air, airline. JetBlue, uh, yeah, yeah, well, JetBlue, and, and then well, he started one before JetBlue. Morris Air, all right, Morris Air, then JetBlue, then the one in South America. Azul, and now yeah. this one. Yeah. Now you know, I mean, David is an eccentric human being uh, that I've in, in, in connected with over time, uh, but nonetheless, he's a smart guy, and obviously has a, a sense of how to do this. Uh, my guess is, my guess is he'll he'll make a go of it. It's just you know the resilience in your industry is just remarkable. I mean, every time we we count it out, it keeps keeps roaring back. David, there's an insatiable desire, right, 
uh, to be an airline mogul. You get to, you get your own silk scarf, you get your own leather helmet, and you get to smell the kerosene. I mean, come on. Well, so, so you wouldn't have shot Wilbur out of the air if you were Orville or whatever? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, but, no. The look, the industry has made a great contribution to, 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 the, to the economy. And it, it is clear that it, it is an area of great fascination. I think it's an area of great fascination for a lot of reasons. People are fascinated by the airplanes sure. because of their, their power and their, their complexity. And they're also fascinated, I think, by the, by the importance, the inherent importance of the industry. The transportation of people and goods uh, by air uh, is a very, very important component of the U.S. economy, and people know that, and they'd like to be part of it. And, of course, they say, what the heck, if I can smell the kerosene and make an important contribution and make some money, what a good deal. And as a consumer, I can't wait to get back collecting air miles again. Robert Crandall, former <laughs> chairman, president, and CEO of American Airlines. We always enjoy It's good to hear your voice. We always enjoy Thank talking. Thanks. Thank you, David. Good fun to be here to, to see you on the screen. Hasta luego. Thanks a lot. For more of our conversation with Mr. Crandall, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.